was the last time you attended a slumber party with your girlfriends and discussed issues on your heart? If you're like me, it's been quite some time. Hi and welcome. My name is Felice Gerwitz and I welcome you to tonight's Mommy Jammies Night. This is a time for you and my friends from around the world to join us live. Put on a comfortable pair of pajamas, pull up a chair, and settle in with your favorite refreshment. And prepare to be blessed as I welcome tonight's guest. Well, hi, everyone, and welcome. My name is Felice Gerwitz, and today with me on the line is a very special guest, and it is Colleen Kessler. Uh, Colleen blogs over at Raising Lifelong Learners, and I was very blessed uh, to get to meet Colleen in person um, just last year, and she's as delightful in real life. Um, It's always fun to have online friends, but then we get to meet them in real life, and it's always fun, and sometimes people don't quite meet your expectations, and then sometimes they uh, overperform, and Colleen was just one of these really sweet people. I watched her um, working really hard at the two-to-one conference and um, just blessing us with um, all that she had to share. So I was really excited when Colleen said yes uh, to speaking at Mommy Jammies Night, and I really want to welcome you, Colleen. Thanks for coming. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited about this. Well, yeah, and you've got, um, you know, quite a um, background. You were a teacher for a while, and um, then you um, were married and had children and decided to be a stay-at-home mom. And, um, you know, tell us a little bit about um, your blog and what you blog about. Sure. Um, My blog is RaisingLifelongLearners.com, and it started as an extension of our homeschooling. Um, just kind of to share some of the things that we were doing. I was inspired. Um, I kind of, I'm kind of an accidental homeschooler. Um, it was not something that was um, on our hearts and our minds from the time our kids were little, and we had some struggles, which I'll probably talk about throughout the talk, but um, or you can read about. And um, ended up pulling our son in the middle of first grade and kind of learning as we went along. And the blog kind of started almost as suddenly because I was already freelance writing at home and I loved writing, but I had to stop taking assignments as I learned my new role as a homeschool mom. And so it became an extension of the things that we were doing at home. And as it grew, um, I began to realize how many other homeschool moms of um, gifted kids and misunderstood kids were out there and how they felt like they weren't, that they were alone and isolated. And we started connecting. And it started growing from there, and so it's kind of morphed into a blog about parenting, homeschooling, with a a focus um, at least once a week on parenting and homeschooling gifted and twice exceptional children, and um, and ministering really to moms who who are struggling with figuring out how to motivate and encourage those bright but misunderstood kids while taking care of themselves as well and being encouraged themselves. Oh, that's wonderful, and, and what a wonderful ministry that is um, for all of, of um, your listeners. I know we, we had a Facebook uh, party um, earlier, and it was really sweet to, to see so many people that Colleen has helped um, on the, the Facebook page. And uh, so great. Yeah, and I see some of you are, are posting uh, where you're from. We've got some Ohio people and Georgia and Wisconsin and Singapore and North Carolina. So so welcome to all of you. Um, this really is an international event, and I just love it. I really love seeing um, 
you know, how many people listen uh, to the broadcast and things like that. So it's so great. Well, Colleen, I'm going to sit back and, oh, before I do that, I wanted to talk about your website. Just one more thing. Um, right now, Colleen has a free parenting book, so all you have to do to get that book is to opt in uh, to her newsletter, and she sends that out, she said, about weekly um, and has some special things in there for her subscribers. Um, so if you're listening to this in the archives and that book is no longer available, I'm sure she'll have some other great um, freebie on there. So um, you'll want to uh, check that out at her page, um, which is uh, RaisingLifelongLearners.com. So, um, Colleen, I'm going to go ahead and give you the floor, and then I will be back uh, near the end uh, to, um, you know, give you the questions um, that are being posted in the in the background here. So, um, thank you so much, and I can't wait to hear you. Great. Well, thank you again for having me. I'm so excited to be here, and thank you to everybody who has stayed up late. Um, Louise and I were joking a little bit earlier about um, how we'll be yawning our way through it, and I'll try really hard not to. I've been battling flu with all my different kids here. They they don't share very often, but they seem to be very willing to share their germs with each other. So we've gone from one sick kid to another over the last few weeks, and uh, so it's been an interesting interesting uh, week, a couple weeks full of late nights. So um, thank you, because I know other moms out there are struggling with very similar things time of year. So thanks for staying up. Thanks for being here to listen to me talk. And I hope you have lots of questions and we can start a great conversation. Um, for those that don't know me or are new to some of the things that um, I've been sharing, uh, let me tell you a little bit more about myself. Um, I talked about my blog, Besides a Homeschooling and Parenting Gifted Kids. I also talk about creativity. I talk about um, homeschool in general and share some of the hands-on projects and experiments we're doing. I love science, and my kids love science. Well, they're kind of forced to love science, so they do lots of experiments, and I share some of those along with the other activities we do. We also talk a lot about kindness. I'm a firm believer that you really can do anything in this world if you are kind always to everyone you meet, no matter who they are. And I try to live my life with that philosophy and my kids. Um, I try to encourage them to live that way as well, and I talk about that and share some practical ways to raise kind kids. There's also some parenting um, post product reviews and different things that can enhance your life as a mom and a homeschooler. So be sure to check that out. Let me know if there's anything else you'd like to see. Um, I have four children. My oldest is 13. Um, I have an 8-year-old daughter. My oldest is a 13-year-old boy. Um, I have an 8-year-old daughter, a 6-year-old daughter, and a 3-year-old son. Um, my husband is a a first grade reading specialist. He's been teaching for two and a half decades, and he's wonderful. He's a wonderful um, reading teacher and really, really fantastic with the little kids. I'm so blessed, and so are they, to have him in their lives, shaping them and helping them read. Um, I was a teacher of gifted children for about 10 years. I taught third grade, and then I taught as a gifted specialist and never dreamed of homeschooling. I said before that I was kind of an accidental homeschooler, I, um, after teaching gifted kids, I prayed fervently for nice average children because gifted children can be a little bit of a challenge and can be quirky, and I loved them. They really did, but I really wanted a break, <laughs> so I prayed for nice average children. I knew that I'd be sending them to school, and 
working on my writing while they were away at school. I originally left teaching to pursue freelance writing and children's writing. And since we all know that God has a bit of a sense of humor, um, I find myself now homeschooling. And um, two, at least two of my children are profoundly gifted, really don't fit with the traditional methods of education. And uh, my other two children are very bright. One is quite exceptional, which means she has some struggles. She struggles with sensory processing disorder and potentially some other issues as well. We're still trying to figure her out. And uh, my fourth is kind of the average stereotypical child you think of when you think of a gifted kid, really well-adjusted, can get pretty much all of the answers right, loves everybody in every situation, and will excel at whatever she does. In fact, she baked us a beautiful dinner of calzones and chocolate cake tonight. So she's creative and exciting and interesting and um, a great kid. All of them are, but it was my oldest that prompted us to start homeschooling. He didn't fit. He has an extremely high IQ. He struggles with impulsivity. He was labeled as ADHD, we believe, mistakenly, and um, was getting his creativity, his inspiration, and his love of learning just kind of beaten down in the classroom and um, had asked us early on in his first grade year if we would homeschool him. And I was still struggling with that idea and rebelling against it, but I agreed to at least look into it and um, kind of half-heartedly did, knowing that in my heart I never, never, ever would do that. Um, but again, you know, God kind of works on you and chips away and helps you to see the things you need to see. And the day that he came off the bus before Thanksgiving break, which was only a two-day week, with tears streaming down his face, telling us that if he could never be successful and earn the, the class reward of Tiger Cash, which was what it was at that time, they could buy these little prizes at the end of the week, if he could never earn Tiger Cash on a two-day week, that if he couldn't even earn it on a two-day week, then he would never, ever be able to earn a prize, and he would never be a good kid that we keep telling him he was. So he was broken already in first grade, um, thought that learning was, um, a horrible situation, lost his ability. Um, he was losing reading ability, according to assessment, and didn't want to be creative or anything anymore. And so we ended up pulling him out mid-year, and it was the best decision that we could have ever made. And since then, I've become an advocate for those highly and profoundly gifted children, those misunderstood kids, children with special needs, whose needs just aren't getting that in the regular classroom. And I've also been... Um, become a, a real advocate for nurturing creativity, celebrating your kids' learning, their creativity, and their interests. Which brings us to the, what we're going to talk about tonight, celebrating, nurturing, encouraging um, creativity in our kids. And by creativity, I don't just mean the arts. Oftentimes when we think of creativity, we think about um, art, music, writing, um, painting, drawing, um, sketching, <clears throat> excuse me, imaginative play, imaginary friends, those kinds of things. And they certainly are creative, imaginative, imaginative, sorry, um, and, and uh, interesting and uh, an extension of creative thinking. But that's not all there is to creative thinking. And we forget about the importance of creative thinking when we're focused so much um, as a society, and I'm talking, you know, mostly in the schools right now, but kind of societal um, on that, that 
idea of achievement and testing and analysis, we forget that all of the great um, inventions, products, processes, ideas, innovations, they've all stemmed from somebody or some group asking the question, what if? Thinking differently, choosing to build off of a former idea and go a little bit further, solving problems that we either never even knew existed, never dreamed existed, or thought were just unsolvable. It took a creative thinker, an imaginative thinker, an innovative thinker to make the world a better place, to solve whatever that problem was, to create a new way of doing things, to create the smartphones we all have in our pocket, thinking about things differently. And so creative, creative thinking, creativity, is something that's really, really crucial to the growth of our society, to the growth of our children, and to the change that I know deep down probably most of us want in the world and want in our children's lives. And so it's super important for us to think about creative thinking as we live with our children and as we encourage our children and as we grow alongside of our children and as we homeschool our children, keeping a focus on creative thought um, alongside the um, pouring in of knowledge and inspiring of um, learning for the sake of learning. So what exactly is creativity? We, we just talked about that it's not just the arts. It's not just what we think about. It's actually a way of thinking. It's a way of looking at things in the world, looking at the world a little bit differently, looking at problems with a new, fresh outlook, looking at situations, maybe in a way that others aren't, looking at objects and seeing them in a different way. Um, great painters look at a tree, and each of them could potentially draw it or paint it or create it in a way that still has the essence of that tree in it, but looks very different from painting to painting to painting. A writer could write about that tree in numerous different ways, and we could still see the essence of that tree in it but we can see insight into a creative thinker's mind um, just because of their unique perspective. But um, to go along with that, we could also have a creative thinker sitting there with us watching a television show and wondering or, you know, watching a play or watching a squirrel um, feel all the birds feed in a bird feeder and wonder what could be done differently to change the outcome of whatever scenario the actors are um, wrestling with or um, that problem of the bird feeder and the squirrel stealing all of the bird seed before the birds can get to it. It takes a creative thinker to think about putting a dome that spins every time the squirrel gets on top of it and spins them right off into the abyss so the birds can still get in there because they're light, but the squirrel will topple right over. Um, it takes a creative thinker to look at something that is every day and see it in a different way. So. Creative thinking is a way of looking at things with a fresh and unique perspective to taking those old ideas and generating new ideas by combining things they already know about different things from different places they've been, different uh, books they've read, different shows, movies, videos they've watched, different conversations they've had and different people they've met, um, changing something just slightly to make something incredibly different, 
or reapplying existing ideas in a different way, a slightly different way, and bringing change. There's also an attitude required uh, when we're cultivating creativity, whether in ourselves or in our children, being able and encouraging them to accept change, to play with new ideas and possibilities, to be flexible in their or our approach to things, and to enjoy what's good about their lives, but look for ways to make it even better. And I know this is a struggle for a lot of people, especially parents of creative thinkers, because oftentimes those creative thinkers, and I'm, um, I know personally when I'm speaking of my creatively gifted daughter, she sees stuff in her head as a finished product, something different that doesn't even exist right now and thinks, you know, she can create it. And perhaps she can eventually, but she's six. And so fine motor-wise and um, experience, experientially, she can't quite get to that finished product she has in her head. And oftentimes she'll shut down because she doesn't want to fail um, at not reaching that goal that's in her mind. And so helping our kids see, our creative kids see that, you know, there are great possibilities out there, but you might not get it on the first try. And that failure is a chance to learn and to grow and to actually become more and more creative. The process of creativity is perseverance, that um, by exploring those creative thoughts, by exploring ways to make a bird feeder better, um, they get a chance to improve their ideas, to make alterations, to refine their thinking as they go along and as they fail. Um, cultivating that is difficult when you have kids who, you know, want what they want and they want it now. Um, and I know that it's a struggle because I struggle with that in my own home. Um, and I talk to parents all the time that struggle with that. You know, my, my son wants to build this um, model of, you know, a, a working engine, but he's three. And he can see how an engine needs to work, but he can't, you know, get his fingers around the wires to twist them the right way. Or my, my older son, you know, wants to build a computer. And while he can learn the processes of it, he might not be able to um, put all the pieces together. And so he might start with a kit and then build from that kit and be innovative and see if programming it in a new way um, might make the outcome a little bit different. Um, so improving, um, so creativity and creative thinking comes with um, several different facets, just that knowing um, what it is that it can be woven all through the different parts of life, but it's a way of thinking. It's a way of looking at things differently. It's about having an attitude that you could affect change and that we need to be flexible with possibilities and accept failure and that there's a process that requires perseverance. Um, that's what creativity is, what creative thinking is, and why it's important. Um, a creative person knows that there's always room for them to improve and always room to improve the world in a way that may not have been thought of yet. So it seems pretty obvious to me as a parent, and I, I think to many parents, especially parents of homeschoolers, why we should work to nurture creativity. Um, by nurturing creative thinking in our kids, whether it is through music or art 
um, problem-solving mathematics um, helps develop innovative thinkers. I recently wrote a post um, about innovation, and I quoted Tony Wagner, author of Creating Innovators, The Making of Young People Who Will Change the World. He says in his book that the average child asks 100 questions a day. Now, if you've got a kid like one of mine, actually if you've got a kid like most of mine, um, it might be more like, I don't know, like 750,000 questions a day. But the point is they ask a lot of questions. And he says the average child asks about 100 questions a day. But by the time that same child is 10 or 11 or 12, he or she has figured out that it's much more important to get the answers right and to keep asking thoughtful questions. He goes on to explain that the reason for this is our society has developed an increasingly narrow definition of success, that our society is focused on achievement, on getting a good job, on getting into a great college, on getting a degree, on getting a job that makes money, and that that's the definition of success. And instead, we want, I want, to encourage my children to define their own vision and version of success. I want them to ask those questions. I want them to not, I want them to create a culture and help shape a culture that makes innovative thinking the norm and exciting and fun. I want them to turn problems into challenges, to make the serious seem fun, and to take the idea of one right answer and transform that into any number of possibilities. We've talked, we've talked, um, I've talked with friends about, you know, the way um, math is being taught in, in our current um, educational system, where there are certain ways you need to solve a problem and you need to show your work, and it needs to be the way that that particular lesson had asked you to teach it or had asked you to solve it. Um, but what if instead we look at, and I know a lot of you are doing this, but what if we look at that problem as, as an invitation to find all the different ways to solve it? We know that there's a mathematical answer that is right. We know that when we're dealing with math, and my kids and I were just watching um, a side note, my kids and I were just watching um, YouTube tonight. We're kind of hooked on science videos right now, and we've graduated from Kids Learning Tube. If you have little kids, um, Kids Learning Tube is a great channel on YouTube. They've got lots and lots of science concepts put to song. But we were, we were watching, um, I think it's ASAP Science. Um, and you'll have to screen those beforehand, depending on the age of your kids, because some of them are about topics that might be a little bit some events to my 13-year-old, but we were watching the periodic table song tonight, and then we were watching um, another one, a science, uh, it was Science Wars, it was a parody of Star Wars songs, and math was one of the topics that they were talking about in there. There was uh, physics and chemistry and biology and mathematics, and in there, they said, you know, the, in the song, they were talking about mathematics being, um, having right answers, you know, finite answers. It's the foundation of all the sciences and, and our, our world because 
there are formulas and, and ways to to solve things and um, and solutions for problems. But the beauty of math and the beauty of thinking creatively is that there are so many ways to come to that same to, to one solution. I may solve it one way. My son, who's brilliant in mathematics but can't memorize his multiplication facts, may solve it a completely different way that seems so random to me, but gets him the right answer every time and helps him enjoy the process. Whereas another friend's child may solve it a completely different way. And the beauty of creative thinking is that we can come to the same solution through multiple ways. So nurturing our children to think innovatively and creatively will help them see that there may be right answer, but there's any number of possible ways to get there. Or that there may be one answer if we're not talking about math, but we're talking about um, improving living conditions. There may be one answer that seems obvious to everybody, but if we think about it a little differently or we flip the way we're thinking about a product or um, a recyclable or something, we may find ourselves or our children creating what was created. And I don't have the link in front of me, um, but I watched a video of um, a person who had created solar, uh, a solar light type system um, using empty two-liter bottles filled with water that were put in the roof of developing countries' homes. And the sun shone through and lit up their entire house using a bottle of water. It's something that we look at every day. And it took a creative and innovative thinker to, to say, well, when I shine a light through this, it diffuses it throughout a room. What if we use that and the sun in this country that has an abundance of sunlight and lit up um, these homes for these people who can't see in their house during the day because they don't have electricity. Um, creative or innovative thinking is that kind of thinking that leads us to new insights, novel approaches to old problems, um, and whole new ways of understanding things. The products of um, creative thought include things like music, poetry, dance, dramatic literature, those things that we normally think about, but also new inventions, technical innovation, um, twists on old inventions. It includes new ways of seeing the world, looking beyond the obvious solution to the not-so-obvious ideas, and considering a wide range of perspectives. It allows for mistakes and risk-taking. Um, I'm going to talk about, in a few minutes, a book that... Um, that I wrote an ebook. Actually, it was in the Facebook party. If you were over there, a couple people are going to win a copy. Um, but Raising Creative Kids, Simple Creativity Prompts for Children is an ebook I wrote last year. And um, in it, I talk about um, pretend play and how something so simple actually does so much for our children. Um, pretend play helps kids work out confusing and scary thoughts, um, unknown situations. They get to play doctor and get shocked and demystified you know, whatever their checkup is, is going to look like. But they also learn about themselves and the world in which they live. They develop higher-order thinking skills. Um, they need to communicate with their thinking. They negotiate, consider other kids' solutions, transfer that knowledge from one situation to another. They learn to delay gratification through play and compromise. My one daughter would play Shopkins every day. Do you guys know these Shopkins, those little teeny tiny plastic things that, 
are so bizarre, but they're so fascinating to my children. They're um, little pieces of food that I don't even get it. Like Egbert is my daughter's favorite. It's this little egg person. Um, but she would play that all day, every day. Um, the neighbor loves Shopkins as well, but she will not play them all day, every day. And so my daughter has learned to compromise. She's learned to include some of her play with what my neighbor wants to play, and they can twist it into this imaginational world that includes this little Egbert guy as well as the Barbies that my my daughter's friend wants to play with. Um, But negotiating, considering other people's opinions and needs and delaying their own gratification to compromise for the good of the that relationship. Um, pretend play helps them cultivate social and emotional intelligences. Interacting with others is so important. It's a life skill that helps them um, develop life skills and synthesize the knowledge, the knowledge that they're gaining through this play, which then leads them to be able to sit in a group someday, maybe around a board table, trying to solve the problem that their company is facing and listen to something someone else says and pull it together with what ideas they've come up with and come up with something totally new and great that solves the problem they were all fighting with. Um, creative thinking is a beautiful thing if you can encourage it, and we're going to talk, I promise, about that. Um, so creative people, let's just talk about what creativity looks like, creative thinking in people. If we can develop this creative thinking in our kids, we're going to develop kids who become adults who are curious, who actually seek out problems to solve. That was a question that Felice put up in the Facebook party. Are your kids problem solvers? They're actually willing to bet that the majority of your kids are. If we think about problem solving apart from mathematics, do your kids build, like um, one of the attendees was saying over there, um, a clearing in the woods? So they have a place to play and imagine, maybe a place where they can bring their dolls and animals and siblings to have a tea party, um, just like Goldilocks did in the story or somebody else in the story they read. That's solving the problem. How can we create the, the scene we want? Um, it's not just math. It's building what you want. A friend of mine had her kids out in the woods not that long ago in the backyard, and they built this beautiful fort, hauling sticks across the woods, fallen sticks and branches, to build this structure that could hold all three of them. And they can read books and have just wonderful imaginary games in there. Um, They're curious. They seek out problems to solve. They enjoy the challenges of those problems and of other things. Um, One of my son's favorite things for me to do is to write a challenge problem on the board, Um, and I need to do this more than I actually do, but writing some random, strange, seemingly impossible um, problem, whether it's a logic problem, a mystery, if you know those books, they were around when I was little, um, two-minute mysteries, um, or a math problem that has multiple intertwining steps, a logic puzzle like those grid puzzles, deductive reasoning, anything like that encourages creative thinking. Um, But putting it on a whiteboard for him and challenging him to finish it by the end of the day just really lights him up. Um, 
enjoying those challenges. And, and being able to enjoy challenges is something we certainly want to cultivate in our kids. We don't want them to shut down as soon as a problem comes in front of them. Creative adults that come from being creative kids with a creative thinking with cultivated can withhold judgment. They can withhold judgment until all different options are exhausted. So instead of being prejudiced against a problem or um, a topic or a political campaign or whatever, they will be better able to step back and review all of the information that's coming in because they're more open-minded and they're able to articulate their own thoughts and pull out what they need to from what they're reading and put it together in a new way to be able to make better judgments about things once they've looked at all the different options, looked at all the different things that are being put in front of them um, and pulled it together. They're comfortable with their imagination. They're, they see problems as interesting, as opportunities. Um, problems are emotionally acceptable to them. Now, not always, and certainly this comes more and more and more with maturity. I know I've got a couple kids in my house that um, don't really enjoy problems at first. makes them feel a little bit uncomfortable when there's something that they're not too sure of. Um, but overall, emotionally, they can get there and they can solve them. Um, they see challenges as assumptions. They don't see them necessarily as facts. They see a problem as something to be solved and something to learn about. Um, and perhaps the best characteristic that comes from cultivating creative thinking in your kids, um, as an adult, creative people don't give up as easily. They persevere. They work hard. They look for solutions to problems, and they make their own solutions happen. So how can we cultivate that in our own kids? Um, being a homeschool mom, perhaps with more than one child, or a kid who is very, very energetic, as I know some of you have, is constantly asking questions, is constantly challenging your patient, is constantly testing your own judgment and um, arguing with you. How many of you out there um, have kids who are little lawyers and want to negotiate and find holes in all of your arguments? They're already thinking creatively. <laughs> so in the handout that um, is only here for today, I created it especially for you guys, um, it's called, make sure you get it tonight or um, before tomorrow when police takes it down, it's called um, Cultivating Creative Thinking, a Toolkit for Parents. So inside this, and I'm going to go through some of these with you right now, there's tips and tricks for nurturing creativity in your children. And if you get nothing else out of the talk, I want you to have that because, um, and that's why we're going to talk about it right now, so those of you coming in on the audio um, are hearing what I'm suggesting. Um, building the tools to cultivating creative thinking in your kids to creating those adults that we want to see, those adults that could potentially change our world, improve it, question the status quo and make things better. Some of the things that we can do right now to encourage that in our, in our kids is write. And I don't mean just write, like stories and books and whatever. I mean taking a few minutes each day having your kids take a few minutes each day. Better yet, doing this together. Sit down, um, buy a pretty, sketch, uh, pretty journal, a plain sketchbook. My kids like those black um, 
black hardcover sketchbooks um, that you can get just at Michael's or Hobby Lobby or wherever for pretty inexpensive. Um, I started using them after a nature writing workshop that took me um, through the mountains and forests in Pennsylvania. It was a beautiful, beautiful retreat, but we went with a nature, um, a nature guide who, a naturalist who has dozens and dozens of these journals from growing up until now his adulthood, um, and they're just black sketchbooks. And um, he taught me, um, and I've taught my kids, that even spending a few minutes each day writing in that that black plain book, um, doodling, solving problems, writing down questions that you have, scribbling lists, whatever, doing any kind of writing, that physical act of writing or doodling or moving a pen or a pencil or a marker or a crayon or a colored pencil across the paper, it helps your brain generate new ideas. There are connections that are made in brain research. We could do a whole other seminar on that one, basically. Um, Brain research is fascinating, but there are connections between your right and your left side of your brain that happen, synapses, that can only be connected when you doodle, when you journal, when you put pen to paper and you're connecting those thoughts and writing them down or drawing them out or making a chart or using multiple colors on a piece of paper. Um, it's a beautiful thing that helps you then generate more ideas or observe more and more deeply and be more present in whatever it is you're doing. My eight-year-old and I have started doing ventangles. I don't know if you're familiar with them. Um, but they're kind of a free-flowing doodle design that you can shade in in different ways. And we've bought books um, off of Amazon that give us different ventangle patterns to try. But we do this in our journal. and We write scripture in our journal and we write um, inspiring quotations and um, thoughts that we've had or come across, um, stories that we've, we've had. We write to each other. Um, my kids and I have kept a journal to each other um, since they were able to write. So my 8-year-old and my 13-year-old, and I have an archive, and my 6-year-old is just starting hers this year. But they write to me um, a couple times a week, and I answer them. And we just kind of keep it going back and forth. And my hope is that this helps them think about and process their life and what they're doing after questions, get answers, or maybe get prompted to go find the answers themselves. But you never know what amazing things will come from the pages of a journal. Uh, another tool that is beautiful for inspiring, nurturing, nurturing, and celebrating creative thinking is to read. Um, creative kids, creative adults tend to be voracious readers. Don't worry if yours aren't. Uh, Overgeneralizations are kind of the thing that kill all stereotypes, right? Um, there's always exceptions to rules. But for the most part, even if your child is not a lover of reading on his own, I'm willing to bet that if you snuggle up on the couch with him or her, he or she is going to listen to and love and revel in your words, your voice, sharing a beautiful, inspiring story with them. Reading has power. It's the creative work of someone else. It's a completely transformative, outer-worldly experience because you get to be a part of somebody else's world for a minute. You get to think about yourself as that main character. I don't know about you, but I always see myself as usually the main character, occasionally a supporting character, but I become that person as I'm going through the story, and it's so wonderful and exciting. And I come out thinking about that story over and over and over again, and it inspires me to be more creative 
and I can then come up with new ideas for activities to do with my kids, art projects, um, stories to tell. You never know. I mean, I never know what a story is going to spark for me. You never know what it's going to spark for your kids. So read. Read voraciously. And if your kids don't want to read voraciously, read to them. I don't care if they're 17 or 7 months. Read to them. Let them hear the written word come with your voice. Another tool is to solve. Like I said before, we get stuck thinking about create, creativity and creative thought as art and music, writing, or some other artistic pursuit. But creative thinkers, above all, are problem solvers. How can I, if a painter is still solving problems, how can I make that sun that I see in my head look so beautiful and so inspiring that someone's going to want to hang it on a wall or that I can get it out of my head so they can see what I'm thinking? That's solving a problem. But even more so than that, encourage your kids to solve big problems. Your kids are big thinkers. They're thinking about all the different things in their world. Help them by giving them open-ended problems, challenges, what if. Ask them to explain ways that they would change the world. Um, in that book I mentioned before, Raising Creative Kids, it's, a full of, it's, it's over 70 pages and it's full of different prompts. One of the sections is full of questions like this, all related to a theme. So I just opened randomly in the book. It's on my, my nightstand here. Um, I'm hiding out in my bedroom. Um, I open to a page that uh, the theme is at the zoo. And so the open-ended questions on this page, some of them are simple, like why do most kids enjoy going to the zoo? Why do giraffes have such long necks? Why are so many people afraid of snakes, do you think? Are you afraid of snakes? Why? Why not? How is an elephant's nose similar to a garden hose? How is it different? Scaffolding those open-ended questions to get them to think differently about something that's seemingly ordinary. Have you ever really thought about an elephant's nose? I think it's fascinating to think about it like a garden hose. I mean, think about it. The elephant like, sucks up um, uh, water into its trunk and it blows it back out to shower itself or its baby. That's fascinating to me. Would animals enjoy strolling through a human zoo? What do you think, honey? Do you think that your dog would enjoy that or the elephant would love to see you back there in your natural habitat? Okay, here's a good one for you. What if one of your favorite animals was having a conversation with you? What animal is it? What are you guys talking about? How did the conversation go? Where were you at when you were having that conversation? And it goes on and on. There's dozens and dozens of questions like that in that book. But think about things that you could ask your kids that just make them think differently as you're walking. How fun would that be? I mean, those are conversations I want to have with my kids while they're little and silly and thinking that way because maybe, maybe, just maybe, they'll grow up to be silly, fun, creative adults who still want to have those conversations with me and want to have them with their own kids. Another tool in your toolbox for cultivating creativity and nurturing it in your kids is to learn. Your kids are learning all day, every day. Wouldn't it be a beautiful thing for them to see you learning as well? My kids know that I go to conferences and conventions because I love them. Before I ever started speaking at conferences and conventions, I went to them because I wanted to learn. When I taught in the classroom, I went to teaching conventions. When I got my master's degree, I went to gifted conventions. When I started thinking about freelance writing, I went to writing conferences. When I found that I enjoyed writing about nonfiction for kids, I went to nonfiction writer retreats. I went to nature writing retreats. 
I went to children's writing conferences. Um, and then when I started blogging, I went to blogging conferences. I worked on teams of blogging conferences and spoken there. But above all, I learned from other bloggers, from other writers about how to be better and do better. Um, as a parent, I want to be a better mom. I just went to the Great Homeschool Convention um, in Cincinnati this past weekend, and I went because I wanted to be poured into as a mom, as a homeschooling mom. I sat on sessions just that I knew would fill me up and would help me and inspire me to be better, a better mom, a better, more creative homeschooler. My kids know this because I come home and I talk to them about it. They see me taking online classes. They talk to me about the things they're learning about, and we learn together. I'll tell you right now, having someone who's fascinated with the solar system and wants to know everything there is to know about it, you learn an awful lot. My three-year-old is currently, um, he's kind of an anomaly among three-year-olds. He's definitely an outlier and is falling into his older brother's um, gifted footsteps. But he's fascinated by the solar system, and we've exhausted um, all of the magic school bus videos and books and things. While we still love them and he still enjoys them, he, he's been wanting more. So we just started watching uh, the Cosmos um, documentary, and we've been watching Nat National Geographic shows about stars and supernovas and things like that. And it's fascinating to me how much I'm learning just with him. But if you're not into astronomy or um, going to homeschool conferences is not in the realm of possibility for you right now, what about taking up a new hobby? and letting your kids think, um, see you do that. If you've never knitted before, go buy a couple skeins of yarn and go to YouTube and find some great video tutorials that can show you how to become a knitter or crochet. Um, pick up an instrument. I've always wanted to learn how to play an instrument, and I've been thinking a lot lately about taking some online musical classes so my kids can see me learning an instrument, even as they learn to play the piano and the flute. Um, Learning is a great tool to cultivate creativity. Another one is to chat, just to talk. Help your kids find people to talk to. I don't know about you, but sometimes by like 3 o'clock, I've used up all the words I can possibly use up. I'm done. I am wiped out. My kids have talked to me and asked me questions and have done more talking and more questioning than I have the capacity to uh, answer back and talk with. Um, so find new ways. Find ways to help your kids um, get those, get that talking out. Help teach them the art of small talk. Help them find new friends, find mentors. My oldest is phenomenal. He's a phenomenal conversationalist with adults. He's a little bit awkward. Well, actually, he's a lot of bit awkward um, with uh, kids his own age. But he's amazing with younger children, younger than him or way older than him. He's phenomenal to talk to. He's very, very cool. With his age, he struggles a bit. We bought a book. Um, oh, and I wish I had it in front of me to find the exact title. I'll have to put it on my Facebook page sometime tonight. Um, but it's a book about questions. It might even be called The Book of Questions. Um, and we were at a band camp last summer, um, and I was carpooling. Um, I was driving him and uh, a girl his age. And they were having, oh, my goodness, the most typically awkward tween and teen conversations in the backseat. Like, he's talking at her and over her about Minecraft, 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 and she's talking at him and over him about the drama club she's in and the play that she's performing. And so I brought out this, this book. Um, I think it was our second or our third day of our commute. And I'm like, why don't we just try this? You guys ask 
some questions. And, oh, my goodness, it was hilarious. It was fun. And they were, like, great questions. Questions like, if you were a room in your house, what room would you be and why? Fascinating, fascinating to hear teens talk about that kind of thing. But then there were other questions. You know, tell about your first memory. Small talk. What do you like? There's an art to that, and it's important that your kids learn that. And wouldn't it be beautiful if they were that creative small talker, the one that everyone wants to talk to at a party because they just have such great conversational skills and ideas? This is a time that you can cultivate that. Get them in front of and with people who have similar interests and enjoy conversation with kids. Help them with even a quick conversation with a librarian, a store clerk, whatever. Encourage conversation. Um, another tool that I talk about in that book is creation, create, whether it is painting, knitting, sewing, using modeling clay, inventing something, tinkering, building Lego like we talked about in the Facebook party. Encourage your child to create something just for the fun of it. This is different than learning something. This is taking something you already have around the house, sticking it in front of them, and encouraging them to just pick it up for fun. You never know. What could come out of it? That same awkward son who has difficulty talking to kids his own age has created this amazing ongoing Lego creation that's in our attic right now. It's been in our attic for two years, and it grows exponentially every year because every new person he meets, every new friend he makes, and I know there's at least one in this uh, chat room that has endured this, he asks for a challenge. Give me a challenge. I want to create for you what I did with that idea. He's created a working dumbwaiter that brings food from the bottom floor, Lego food from the bottom floor to the third floor of his mansion. He's created an aquarium with a Lego fish uh, suspended with, like, blue-tinted Lego blocks around it so it looks like it's swimming in blue water in an aquarium. Amazing, amazing things. But it was just because it was fun. There are some things that didn't work out, but because the creation was for the fun of it, um, it led him to some amazing and amazingly creative discoveries. Um, and then finally, um, the, the last night, I would wager one of the most important tools in your toolbox for cultivating creativity in your kids is to teach them to help. Teach them to be kind. Creativity is born from necessity. When they find a need, that a problem that needs solved, um, a population that's struggling, um, something, a product that's not working, and they approach the solving of that problem, that challenge, from a heart of helping, from a heart of kindness, from the heart of using their gifts to change the world, or at least the world for that particular person who's struggling for the better, isn't that like the most ultimate, beautiful way to use creative thinking that we could ever want for our children? Whether it's a painting to hang in, in their hospital room to help them see the world they can't see right now because they're bedridden, or a new way of designing housing complexes for um, underprivileged families who need housing that makes them feel strong and ready to tackle the world and 
approach the next problem, get a job, make a life better for their families. Don't we want our kids to be the person who finds that solution and makes this happen? Sees the world as something that needs to be changed creatively for the better? Help your kids see that now. Um, teach them that volunteering is great. The trash cans across the street are much easier for you as a 13-year-old to bring back to the garage than our neighbor who's 70 and lives alone. So when you see that it's trash day and you're bringing down ours, go inside her, her garage and bring it down too. Bring it back up after the trash trucks come because we're home, homeschooling. She's not. She's out for the day. So it'll be done by the time she gets home. It's one last thing she has to do in the snow. Just that heart of helping um, can inspire great things for our kids' future. Creative thinking isn't something that we have to um, we have to be born with. So all kids are born creative. All kids are born imaginative. All kids are born looking at the world with wonder. Um, some are creatively gifted. Some are stronger imaginations, have stronger imaginations than others. But all have a sense of wonder that we can nurture and cultivate and celebrate. We can get excited over their processes. We can get excited over their inventions, and we can encourage them. Um, but it takes us to look, see it, notice it, and keep it going because as they learn more and more that they're the right answer for things, they will pull back from creative thinking. So if you don't get anything else out of our talk today, remember that. The more we can encourage that creative thinking in our kids now, the more they're going to become creative problem solvers in the future. And the more likely they are to create a better world for themselves and not wait for it to be created for them. So remember that creativity is a way of thinking, looking at things new, looking at things with a fresh perspective, generating new ideas by pulling old things together, changing them around or reapplying them in different ways, having a great attitude and open-mindedness that's ready to accept change, play with ideas and possibilities and be flexible in their approach and their thinking and our approach and our thinking. And Creativity is knowing that there's always, always, always room for improvement in ourselves and in our world. But more than anything else, remember that your kids are kids and they're counting on you to love them and to encourage them and to do that alongside of them. So I encourage you to get creative with them. Show them that you love what you want them to love and be there to grow that next generation of world changers because I know you can do it and I know your kids can do it and I can't wait to see what they're capable of. Thanks. Hey, Colleen. That was wonderful. Thank you very much. Thank you. Well, I just had to laugh when I heard you say um, a couple of things, but um, one in particular, when you were talking about um, your kids and you said, you know, teach them to be small talkers. And I, and my comment to my to myself was like, small talkers make great podcasters. Because <laughs> sometimes we have to fill in those little gaps. So you may have some budding podcasters there. Oh, too funny. But um, 
No, it's just it's so good to hear your story and and that um, you know that you were telling us about our struggles and that's exactly what one of the questions here is from Kay um, who's from Georgia. She said, "Thanks so much, Colleen. I really appreciate you telling us about your struggles. I have a child who's very bright but has no patience in himself or others. Whatever he does, he's not happy with. How do I help him to be happy with his abilities now and not be so hard on himself?" And she posted that kind of early on, and I think you did mm-hmm. a, address some of that in your talk. But do you have any, yeah. like, any words yeah. of wisdom that's, for Kay? It's a great question, Kay, and it's a real struggle, especially with bright kids. Um, I've written about perfectionism a few times on my site, and I've taught about it before. When I taught gifted kids in the classroom, that was probably our biggest struggle. It's probably my biggest struggle here as a, as a mom. Um, one of the first things that I always recommend is a little book. It's very simple. It's a picture book. It's fun. It's called Mistakes That Work. Um, And it's available on Amazon. It's probably available at your library. But um, Mistakes That Work, uh, Mistakes That Work is a book about different inventions and creations and innovations that are simple and were created totally by mistake. The Frisbee is one. Uh, Post-it notes. Post-it notes were a complete mess up by the guy that created them. He was actually looking for 3M and was supposed to be creating a more permanent bond and ended up creating a temporary bond that didn't leave any residue. And look at how amazing post-it wow. have become. I love um, it. Oh, how <laughs> I know, it's, it's fascinating, but this book has lots and lots of very kid-appealing examples of exactly that, how failure can, can lead to great things. And the other suggestion I would have for you, Kay, is get that book, first of all. Read it with your kid. Um, and then talk about all the different things, all the different ways that you fail. Because we fail all the time. We as moms have to restart the next day praying that it was better than the day we just had. Because we make mistakes all the time. And often it's difficult for us to show our kids those failures because we just want to move on. But some of the best moments for a perfectionist, as a child is to see that the people he or she trusts the most also fail and pick themselves up from it and keep going and do better the next time. I hope that helps. Very good. Yeah, that sounds really good. Um, I don't know if she's still in the chat room, but usually um, if you hear your question being asked, um, a couple of these are our repeat ones um, are very similar, so I kind of compile them. But um, if you need a follow-up, you can just go ahead and post that in there. Okay, another question. Um, it says, it's from Laura from Atlanta. How do you continue to cultivate the creative uh, thinking and keep your sanity and house semi-intact? I love it. Just semi-intact <laughs> all the way. Right. She's being we, real, right? <laughs> exactly. Well, we talked about the Facebook party, didn't we? The messes that are yeah. in our house. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know what? There are, there are, I would say there are, there are seasons. There are seasons that it's easier than others. If I'm really tired and I enter into survival mode, um, there's a status quo. There are simple things you can do, right? You can do a journal. It's not that messy. If you're if you're drawing and doodling and you pull out some markers and paper and just let them go with that. Um, we bought uh, for Christmas this year for our kids as a as a whole family gift um, something called Fort Magic, which is like taking pillow forts to the next level and it's 
it's like a big giant tinker toy set that you can create infinite number of possibilities with to create forks that you just throw a blanket on and use these clips to make the walls, yeah. you know, very. I think I bought that for my my grandkids this year, and I it, bought. They were so thrilled with it. I bought another set for somebody else, like for their birthday home. soon. They have two of them. It's, yeah, they you love know, it. It is, and it's wonderful. And like, if I can't think of anything, or I don't have time, or I don't have the energy left, I can pull something like that out. The mm-hmm. other thing, and this really has saved my sanity forever for the longest time, is I subscribe to some things that are a little bit indulgent, or I go on Amazon and I stock up when things go on sale. I buy, like, I buy a Kiwi Crate subscription every year, and I buy, um, like, science kits or craft kits when they're on sale, and I put them away. So, like, when Kiwi Crate comes every month, I put it away. I don't give it to my kids when it comes in the mail. And on those days or on those weeks or in those months that I am buried in deadlines or travel or we're sick or whatever, I pull those out and I let them be creative themselves and follow some instructions and see if they can innovate a little bit. But they love that. And there's nothing wrong with that, having lots of different things. But we also have Legos that we can always pull out or mag formers that they love that we can pull out and just different tools around the house. I try not to buy closed-ended toys anymore. We like things that are more open-ended. So I can sequester some away and rotate them around so there's always some creative inspiration coming out at different times if I need it. Yeah, and I love that you said you put that you put it away because um that makes it fun. Like we used to have toys when my kids were little, like the, for the little little ones that they loved, but they were not allowed to pull those out unless I was doing school with the older ones. So that mm-hmm. You know, that was their, they couldn't wait to get to the schoolroom because they were going to get to do their fun things that they wanted to do. And and um, and I'm like that, too. I, I really like the the fun games. I think they're great. Um, so that that's wonderful. Okay, another question on no name here, but um, she says, what do you do when your child regresses and starts losing his creati- creativeness? Uh, we have watched him be so creative with his Legos, and now he's going backwards physically. He is losing his creative ability, too. So I think this is a, a might be a child who is ill, but um, mm-hmm. they're still wanting to, like, encourage him to continue to be creative and, and not give up. Yeah, that's a tough one because it could be, you know, there could be so many different extenuating circumstances. And I think that the mm-hmm. the biggest thing first is to get to the root of whatever it is that is stifling that and maybe just try try different things. If it's not Legos right now, maybe something else would inspire um, him or her. I know that, you know, my son loved his Legos, but every once in a while he puts them away and doesn't want to be a part of them and he'll pull out the mad formers or even action figures. My 13-year-old still plays with action figures and transformers mm-hmm. when he's tired of Legos. So I would say first and foremost, without knowing the specific circumstance, that I would look into if, to see if there's, if there's a problem, if there's an issue or something that has caused the regression, if there's a true regression. Um, if it's just a lack of interest, then I would say start strewing. And strewing is just kind of the art of putting new topics, new things, new activities, new materials out where a child can have free access to them and discover and create with them. 
So that would be something that I would think about, perhaps. I don't know if that helps because I don't know that full situation. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. So this this question is um, is about my granddaughter and. Um, she is a child that is very creative. Like I had never even heard of the Zentangle you were talking about, and it's really uh-huh. great because I had somebody in the chat room who not only told me what it was, but she, she was very resourceful and gave me some links to go look at stuff. But oh, it's good. so funny when I looked at this, I'm thinking this is what Emma does. Like she can, mm-hmm. she draws these like beautifully symmetrical drawings. I guess the biggest question is she mass produces things it, and mm-hmm. it's really, it's so, so funny, but like she'll, for her birthday, grandma gives her me like a ream of paper that is just her paper and just her tape. And just because she'll go through, like my daughter will buy paper and she just goes through it, you know, like she doesn't make one of something. She makes 20 of them. So, you know, is, is that a, a good thing? Is it a, you know, something to encourage because it's not getting encouraged very much. You know, it's not. That's why you know I'll give her her own stash of stuff. So it's you know, it, it's not so. Um, you know, it's not like she's wasting stuff. It, it she does stuff with it. It's not like she's just writing like two words on one piece of paper. But but she just it's it, it's it's just funny. She just makes like so much of anything she's making. Yeah, I don't think it's a I don't think it's a bad thing because there's something there's something about, you know, that that practice, right, that the mind does when we're little right. and if it's something that she gets caught on, there's there will eventually be a scaffolding there that, you know, she'll pull something else or she'll do something else or, you know, bring it into there. But, you know, along with that nurturing, you know, say maybe you can add this to it this time, or what if you try to do you know, this in addition. Or sometimes my six-year-old was doing that for a while. And um, and then I give her back her paper and say, this is fabulous. What if you added, um, like, five more colors to it? Or, you know, if it was a drawing or add some more detail to it or add a couple more words and bring it back to me and let's see what happens then. So more of those open-ended questions, perhaps. Yeah, that that's helps. a good idea. Yeah, and, you know, it's like she just is very, very um, artistic, very crafty. Um, you know, like she wanted to learn to knit, and they would find some really good um, videos that they could watch, and she's, like, knitting up a storm and knit, you know, the new baby stuff before the new baby was born, whatever the new baby was, you know. <laughs> it was just amazing because I could never knit. I just don't, you know, I was a hot glue person. I didn't, I, I liked art and I was I was okay at it but um you know she's just like she can do everything whether it's art or it's you know something 3D she's just great at it so that is um that's so cool but you know we just kind of think um you know it's just amazing okay there was a follow up um comment on on the child that's just losing his creativity it says um there is no interest in anything so he's having a hard time um, being interested, I liked your su- suggestion, um, the strewing idea mm-hmm. of just finding things that are, um, you know, um, you know, maybe something that hasn't been brought out for a while, or like Colleen recommended um, with with some kind of kit. Um, I think those are great, and I did the same thing. You can find those kits. Um, 
like after Christmas and things like that, I remember we picked up a chemistry set for like next to nothing on just going down the wrong aisle in, in a store one time. You know, how they pull these, you know, they'll have the one aisle that has all of these discount things. And um, and so you can find all kinds of things that, um, you know, are, are just not a lot of money or even going to, um, you know, the craft store with coupons and things like that and just trying something like that. Mm-hmm. But, um, but, yeah, we will definitely um, keep your family in prayer and... Um, and just, um, you know, hope things get better. But, Colleen, thank you so much for your time. Um, I have all of your um, Facebook posts and um, – not Facebook posts, your Facebook page. And you also have another page um, that we didn't mention um, earlier that is a Facebook page. And I don't know if you wanted to touch on that one, um, but it's for the – uh, twice exceptional. I know what that is. So just maybe share real quickly um, what that is for our listeners. And I believe, um, what is that one's name? Something with poppies. Oh, yeah. Um, um, I I co-moderate a Facebook group. It's a private okay. Facebook group. So um, the so it's it's a place. It's a safe support group for parents of um, gifted and twice exceptional children. Twice exceptional children are kids who are gifted but also have some other underlying neurological issue like a learning disability, um, ADHD, anxiety, um, oh, sensory processing issues, all sorts of other things along with. So they're, they're gifted with some other disability involved. Um, and so we pulled together my friend Kate who, um, who has a blog uh, called My Little Poppies. She and I pulled together our resources and our talents, and um, she's a former school psychologist. I'm a former teacher of gifted kids, and we're both homeschooling our own gifted children. Um, and so we pulled together a group for parents, and, and um, moms and dads are in there. Some are homeschooling, some are not, but it's a really wonderfully supportive group. I know some members of Raising Poppies were here at the chat. Um, and you just go to Facebook. And you can search for the words raising poppies and the group will find, will come up. You won't be able to see um, who's in it or any of the things that we've said until you request membership. We, we have it classified as a um, private group simply because we want our readers, or I'm sorry, our, right. our members to be safe and be able to mm-hmm. ask questions without worrying that it's going to go out in their feed and be misinterpreted because a lot of parents right. are gifted, especially highly gifted kids. Um, struggle with misunderstanding, like they're bragging about things when in actuality they're looking for support and help. So that's a great resource for parents of gifted and twice exceptional children. And I encourage all of you to join if you have children like that. Wonderful. Yeah, I just saw that out there and I just thought I'd I would mention that. But um but so much so much um help is out there now, um, you know, with, with social media, with the resources on blogs and things like that. Um there is just a great um, amount of information. So I'm so happy that um, you were able to stop by, Colleen, and um, I just pray that uh, you get abundantly blessed for giving your time tonight, and I just want to thank you so much for that. Thank you for having me. It was a really nice time. I enjoyed it very much. I appreciate it. Okay, thanks. We'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. 
I'm so happy you came to Mommy Jammies Night. Please drop my guests a line and let them know how thankful you are that they gave their time. And follow up with me on the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network Facebook page or via email. God's blessings upon you and your family. Thanks for joining me.